ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson and thank you for joining us on another installment of Quarantine Edition. On this week's episode, we are joined once again by Jody Glenham. Jody Glenham is a singer, songwriter, guitarist, and DJ who has been heralded by the Vancouver Sun as an MVP of the local music scene. Joined by her band The Dreamers, which has at times featured Polaris Prize nominee Louise Burns and drummer Adam Fink of Actors, Jody has cast a spell over many an audience with her intoxicating and atmospheric blend of shoegaze and dream pop. Some recent highlights for Jody include having her music featured on legendary Seattle radio station KEXP, performing in a female-fronted Spinal Tap tribute act as part of the 2019 Vancouver International Film Festival, and headlining two sold-out shows at the H.R. McMillan Space Center in Vancouver, B.C. You've, of course, been busy since we last had you on the show back in early 2019, which feels like a century ago. It does. What have been some highlights from the last year and a bit? Well, uh, last last September... Oh, so where are we? We're... Um, in September of 2018, I, I started working on a uh, what is now the new album. It's called Hustler. Um, and I started that at Monarch Studios with Raymond Richards and a few of my bandmates that I've been playing with for a while now. Um, Adam Fink, Nathan Schubert, uh, Michael Brown, and uh, Lorraine Smith was playing as well. Kind of started a session there and then... Uh, yeah, so I recorded this album over the course of about a year. I put out two singles last summer. Um, and from those singles, um, KEXP started playing a few of them. And so uh, some Washington festivals were reaching out. And we were playing in the States quite a bit. We actually weren't playing in, in Canada, like in Vancouver too, too much. Um, I don't know if that was like necessar- necessarily like a strategic thing. It's more just like a kind of, you can only organize so much <laughs> at one time. <laughs> um, so uh, we were playing in the States quite a bit. We were actually like in Seattle when um, like shows started getting canceled and Trump announced the uh, travel ban. And so we like high- hightailed it back to Vancouver and uh yeah, and quarantined, and now I'm just kind of like learning to navigate this new way of life and trying to figure out, I mean, it's interesting. I think I've spent like the last 15 years like really working on like myself as an artist, but also like my live show and like what I want to present with that. And now I have this like wonderful band and we've been like, and it's like really been feeling like quite like um, epic and like very, there's like these like beautiful crescent. We just a lot of like good synergy with the band, and now it's like okay, well now we can't play guys, so it's just the new thing that we're figuring out. But yeah, that was a bit of a ramble, but <laughs> I hope there were some answers in there. I guess a question I have about that is how did you get connected with KEXP? KEXP, of course, is in terms of the Pacific Northwest and just music in general is uh, an institution, especially with the live videos that they've done with all sorts of bands and artists. It's really cool stuff. Um, well, I think that was more so through my, um, my, my drummer, um, Adam Fink. So he plays in a band called actors and, um, through that, um, he, his band is like managed by one of the, uh, overnight DJs and daytime producers and sometimes midday hosts, uh, a KEXP, like, lovely, lovely DJ, um, Abby Gobelli. And uh, it was it was through that, I guess. Um, Abby's awesome. She's actually, like, the hardest working person I know in the music industry. And uh, she's currently hosting uh, World Goth Day today on KEXP. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, it was through that avenue, I guess. Um, I met her last summer at the Sub Pop 30th anniversary that was um, in like West Seattle on the beach there. And uh, yeah, just instant connection. I didn't know today was World Goth Day. That seems... Apparently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that seems... I mean, I wouldn't exactly regard you as a goth artist, but you almost fall under that umbrella. I'd say actors more so than... There's some tones, yes. Yes. No one's let me put enough chorus on the bass. <laughs> I just want to put more chorus on the bass. But I've been uh, playing with Louise Burns for in her live band for the last five years up until her new record cycle, um, and the band kind of like reformatted. But um, definitely, I think that there was a lot of goth and british british aspects to her music that have like seeped into my psyche as well i actually it's funny you mentioned that because i noticed that louise has also performed in your band and you've also done backing vocals on her most recent release and she's mm -hmm. done some production work for you as well and we've also we had like her, each other. Yeah, <laughs> we've also had her on the on the show. I think that was back in back in November. How'd you uh, get connected uh, with her, and what? How would you describe your relationship? I met Louise Burns at the foundation um, in two thousand and eight. Uh, four days before we both independently flew to South by Southwest. Uh, we were both going um, by ourselves and neither of us were playing. We were both going to like, just go. And uh, a, fr a friend, she was with a mutual friend. The, I walked past their table. That friend, Natalie, was like, oh, you two should know each other. You're both going to be in Austin. And it like, turned out that we were like on the same flight. Uh, there was like a lot of uh, lining up that happened after that. And uh we just, I think it took maybe a few more years before we started actually like collaborating together musically. Um, but yeah, it's been quite natural. Like I've toured with her and like you said, um, there's been like some back and forth. Like she's played in my band, I've played in her band. And uh, it's just something to be said that's uh, about working with someone who knows you really well. And uh, especially uh, being when you're like producing vocals um aside from all the music stuff but like when you're like vocals can be such a hard thing to track and to work with someone who like knows your musical language and also like just knows when you're tired or when you're pushing yourself or just like all of these little things like she is just such an intuitive producer and I can't say enough nice <laughs> nice great things about Louise Burns but yeah um I've actually never had such a great experience working with a producer than I did with her. Like it was just like from the get go. And I think it comes from knowing, knowing each other so well musically. Yeah. When I saw that you two had been collaborating with each other when I was of course researching for this episode, it, it made so much sense to me because I see a lot of similarities between how both of you approach music and also vocally as well as, as you said, mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. It's funny when we tour together, there's like such a, uh, like, like I said, like such a synergy and such like a, like a create, like a common energy that it takes about three days and then our laughs will sync up <laughs> like our actual like cackle <laughs> and you walk into a venue and and like it's empty because you're loading in you're about to do sound check and these people have never met you before and all of a sudden there's just like two women just like crackling in the background it's 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 a force to be reckoned with i'm sure <laughs> and how are the rest of the dreamers currently doing right now in quarantine um well, I am. I have been isolating with my guitarist, um, and we have been doing quite well um, so far. Uh, been doing some live streams. He is quite savvy with like uh, engineering type tech things, and so kind of figuring out like how to do live streams, how to like give it that extra little bit, um, has been like a fun challenge. Um, 
And then I know Adam Fink has been unfortunately out of work because of uh, a lot of like the DJ gigs that he does locally have obviously um, not been happening. Um, but I see him, I see him out there. He's like been biking around. He got himself a new bicycle and he, um, I know actors is working on a new record. Um, I think they were tracking drums today. Um, I saw that, that shared, um, yeah, uh, my keyword is Jackie is also currently unemployed, fun employed, but um, yeah, I think we've all just been like doing our best, you know, like I think Vancouver on a whole has done a really great job on clamping down, you know, and even during the nice weather, just like everyone's taking it seriously and I think that's really important and we really want to jam together, obviously, but um, everyone's safety and health is always is way more important than anything and um yeah i've been checking in on them um my my bass player judy is also i think that they are still working um but less less hours you know just kind of trying to figure it out and yeah we actually as um michael my uh guitar player and myself we are getting a new um new we're moving jam spaces right now and uh our new space is commercially licensed and it will have the capacity to be a studio, which in the future will be really exciting. Right now, it's kind of um, what is good about that is that there is quite a bit of room. Like there's a live room, there's a control room, and then there's a front area, but there's a lot of space, which I think is going to be really important for the next few months, kind of figuring out like, can we jam? How do we feel about this? Like I'm still releasing new music. I'm putting out a record in August. It's like, is that going to be, is, will there be an opportunity to play a live show outside? Like, it's such a crazy time to be figuring this stuff out. And uh, I really, yeah, I really feel like I'm just like relearning a lot of things. <laughs> As a person, I don't even really like being outside. So <laughs> quarantining has been fine for me. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think at the end of this, I'll be like really happy to be out in the sun and be around people again. Yeah, I'm kind of the same in that I'm I'm kind of an introverted person myself, but I I just miss even just going to shows and checking out my friends friends bands, and I I'm basically i don't want to jinx myself but i think i've landed a bass gig with a with a band uh the drummer i'm i'm good friends with but we had i had even asked like hey would you guys you know i see some jam spaces are reopening or what's your comfort level in terms of like maybe i don't know meeting up to jam and my buddy who's the drummer straight up was like man i i live with my parents and they're both former smokers i don't want to take the risks i'm like yeah, yeah. dude fair I totally yeah. get it, but it sucks, yeah. of course, because I just, even if it's just jamming, even if it's like, let's just, pre you know, prepare forever for that, for that next show. It's for just, we can't even moment. do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, honestly, like it's, it's what you have to do. It's, it's, it makes total sense. And, um, I feel like, I feel like it's been a really good with a, if you want to let's focus on some positive and yes. i feel like what what something that's been really good that's come out of this is i think that essentially as human beings we have been forced to communicate better do you know what i mean like whether it's through these ways of like figuring out how to use uh tech virtual technology and and how like you know like doing that sort of stuff or it's okay well now i have to open up my french group a little bit and I have to be so honest and you have to like be very accountable for where you are, what you're doing and the people you're hanging out with. And, um, and it's interesting too, because, um, social media, like keeps very people very accountable for, when it's like, I see you else isolating with that person and that person. And that person. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's a, no one knows what's going on. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> For me. Did you see? Did you, have, did you see that meme that went around that it was like, 
people talk about you learning to love your body, but you really just got to learn to love your laugh in the back of a, back of a video. <laughs> oh man. I love that. I don't think I saw that one circulating. I, the only meme that's coming to mind right now that's contemporary, even though it's not directly COVID-19 related was, um, I'll preface this by asking, have you seen Tiger King at all? I have seen Tiger King. Okay. So so the meme is is Joe Exotic just like, you know, smirking at the at the camera and the caption reads, Murder Hornets, don't you mean Baskin bees? Oh, <laughs> Which I thought was great. Did you hear, by the way, uh Tiger King news? This is the piece of news that made me so goddamn happy. What? There's gonna be a Tiger King mini series that's gonna come out at some point. Uh-huh. Nicholas Cage is going to p- play Joe Exotic. I mean, I, it's it's a no-brainer. I feel like he's born to be. Um, <laughs> I just hope they get a good writer because I feel like there is, there is so much nuance in that performance and there's a lot of layers to what you can explore within that character. Um I yeah, there's a lot of critique on that show as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, it could be a really interesting subject to explore. That's yes. All. Yeah, I'm I'm of the opinion. I'm also just one of those weirdos who loves Nicolas Cage, even if the movie's bad. And 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 I'm almost like you know what? Even if the miniseries is terrible, I know Nicolas Cage will go a thousand percent into it. And at the very You're least, like he will be. You're like a big Con Air fan. Like you love Con Air. You know, I still haven't seen Con Air, but <gasps> that's a good one. I, I should check out Con Air. The most recent Nicolas Cage film I saw was actually last last Friday after our last recording session. It's a, a horror comedy called Mom and Dad, where there's this signal that gets somehow distributed onto the airwaves that whenever parents see this signal, they go crazy and want to kill their own kids. So you've got murderous dad, Nicolas Cage. Oh my God. That's great. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. (laughs) Insight, insight into, into the weird stuff I like, but you mentioned DJing. And yeah. I noticed that you had started DJing a bit this past year um, with uh, your. You, oh, I started doing it more seriously this past mm-hmm. year, but um, I definitely like I started um, a bring your own vinyl night at the Narrow Lounge, like in 2012, maybe. Okay. Um, maybe earlier than that. That was kind of like my first foray into it, and then um. The, yeah, at the Amer- I did a night at the American called Shut It. Um, it was like Thursday nights, and that was probably like three years. So yeah, it's been like it's been like yeah. Um, I do um, I do a radio show for this uh, station out of Brooklyn called Kpiss, and I do like a biweekly called Dim the Lights, and that kind of started out of where I took my American Shut It nights, and then for reformatted it for the heatly and i had done like a couple of the dim the lights at the heatly and then this happened and capus reached out and it kind of just made sense to they're like do you have an idea for a show and i was like well i've been doing these nights at the heatly so the format just kind of uh trans yeah it got transferred to that but um yeah and what's the general tone or mood of the show and what are some of the bands and artists that you feature in your sets so it's a um definitely like vibey smooth pop vintage rock modern throwback disco jam sort of thing like i like a lot of i like like good bass lines i like a, like i like songs with horns or and or like harmonies um like i play a lot of like wings um i play a lot of like donna summer or like just kind of like sentimental also i like dent uh, down dim lights has like a bit of a sense of humor so like i love like really silly songs like ringo star has this great song called the no-no song oh my god <laughs> my, my roommate showed me that song and it's it's one of the best songs by any uh, beetle like post breakup 
you know, it is really, it's a great song. Um, and it just like, it's like this fun party, quote unquote, party song. Anti-party song. It's a no-no song, right? But um, yeah, I just like, I just, I feel, especially like I've been in music for like a really long time. And something that I struggle with is like, I take myself like pretty seriously in music, but I think like as a person, I, I do have this like really like warped and like disjunct sense of humor. And I just like for when I DJ, I just want to have like a fun time. And sometimes that honestly, that means that you like play like the slowest, saddest songs that you know, and it's just about having a fun time and connecting with people. And like, uh, I loved that, like, even like, I cut my teeth uh, DJing at the American and the American was an interesting place because like people didn't really like come there like to listen to the music um, that you were playing because it's such a, it was such, such a big space, but like every once in a while, like someone would like walk past you as they were leaving and they just like point at you and be like, but you know that they're listening, you know, and you know that they they, they got what you're going for. Um, so yeah, there's a like I think like, I play a lot play a lot of sentimental rock, and it's like what kind of falls on all sides of the spectrum of that. Were there any songs? Obviously, you can gauge it a little better in a live setting. Do you find that there were any specific songs that were really popular with with the crowd? Um, I mean, it really depends on the night. It depends kind of who shows up too. Like I, a lot of the nights I did like half final, half, um, half digital. So there was like a bit of a bit of a room, bit of room to kind of play with the set list, if you will call it that. Um, but yeah, I mean, doll, everyone loves Dolly Parton. Everyone loves Sade. Um, I do play a lot of um, female forward acts, whether that's like a, um, whether like this, it's a singer, a woman identifying singer, or if it's like, um, I did uh, one of the Heatley Nights landed on uh, International Women's Day. And I really made a point to, during the playlist, um, I had, you know, I had, the things that you would expect on International Women's Day, but also like I played like some Kurt Vile tracks because uh, Stella from Warpaint drummed on that, on the album that I played. You know what I mean? Like there was like, I really pulled from that um, idea of the fact that like everybody in order to, for this, like this movement, this third wave of feminism to move forward, like, it's, it's not just like women's problems. It's not just a woman's problem. If she's not taking it seriously, it's like the society that it's built around. And it's like everyone's, everyone should be included in the discussion. So that's how, that's how things move forward. You mentioned, of course, with quarantine and all that. Oh, okay. Just, uh, let's just try that's that again. Yeah. You can still hear me okay? I can hear you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, you had mentioned, obviously, with quarantine, switching over to the radio show and doing more live streaming uh, performances in that regard. Sorry, just uh, oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. I, okay. There we go. I'll try that again. Obviously, with quarantine, you'd switched over to doing the radio show version of your DJ sets and doing some live streams. You've also been doing live streams of your own music. Mm -hmm. Do you see it being an even split going forward of DJ sets and performing your own music, or do you think you might be doing more events as a DJ? Oh, hmm. I mean, that's a tough one because I feel like right now there's just no way to know when we'll be able to safely play shows again and gather in the same way that we were. Um, and there's a merit to it's streaming is so interesting in the fact like I don't think that you're going to grow your fan base through st streaming. Like streaming is like a really nuanced character driven like you connect if you connect with the songs, like that's a really beautiful way to have them presented to you. It feels really intimate. Um, but because there's like challenges with 
audio, obviously. It's like the main thing is like none of these formats were like, you know, they're listening on your iPhone and like that isn't the best way to like, especially I feel like with the dynamics that I put into my writing, like you, you need that kick drum to like hit you in the right spot. And um, it, yeah, it's tough to say. I, I mean, my focus is definitely more on being an artist, like being a musician, being an artist and writing and that sort of thing. Um, it's been really great to learn and do some DJ stuff. Um, like maybe like more of like a 60, 40 musician DJ, but I don't know. I feel like I really didn't get a chance to spend that much time with it. Like I was just kind of sort like I had a few, um, weddings booked for the summer and actually weddings are super fun to DJ. <laughs> you know, like everyone's there to have a good time. Um, yeah. At that point, they're happy. All the stress is evaporated. You know, someone's dad's paying for all the booze and, you know, like it's, <laughs> you're seeing extended family and yeah. But, uh, I'm very glad that my cousin had her wedding last summer. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. Oh, it's tough seeing, like, yeah, we were actually supposed to attend three, three friends of ours, three separate friend groups where there's some weddings that were supposed to happen. And yeah, I mean, next year, it's always next, next year. year, 2021. Uh, I heard a great joke. I heard a great joke. Would you like to hear it? Please. <laughs> um, it was basically uh, 2020 is what we all thought the year 2000 was going to be. Oh no! <laughs> Damn it! A year Y2K just took another oh. twenty years. Yeah. Fuck. That's oh man. Yeah, twenty twenty. Why try? It, it's almost like I I think I said this to my roommate yesterday. It's like the universe conspired to make twenty twenty a terrible year because of that stupid phrase about hindsight. Mm. Oh, twenty twenty takes twenty years. Is that what it is? No, hindsight is twenty twenty. Oh, I should know that. Yeah. But hindsight is funny. Yeah. Heim, can we, well, why, <laughs> Heim really mi missed out on a brilliant marketing uh, move then. Heimsight is 2020. What do Heim do again? I'm trying to remember. Heim, they're a band. They're three Oh, gals. yeah, the band. Yeah, the sister band. They push, they're, they're, they're cool. Um, Daniel is a fantastic drummer. But um, when this all when this all happened, they like pushed back their album release, and then they they were like, wait, 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 no, we'll put it out. Like you know, like that's the thing. Like everyone's just kind of learning what to do in this, right? So, have you seen there? Heim's a great band, and I don't mean this as a knock, though. Have you seen the video of the bassist Space Face? Yeah, she's got a great bass face. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's very funny. It's just just like it's an uh, edited clip of her just with. It's just like guitar face. Just I haven't <laughs> seen. I haven't seen the video. I love that that exists. Yeah, and I love that she embraces it. I think it's really funny that we all make a big deal out of the fact that she has a bass face, and yet like every male bass player has a bass face, and there's no <laughs> there's no compiled videos of that. But, I will um, to yeah. to counter Estes, that though. Estes rad. I do make fun of guitarists for guitar face more so Amazing. than basses for bass. We should face. make fun of everybody for guitar face. <laughs> on, a, on a similar note, there is a wonderful uh, website called Guitarists with Slugs, and mm -hmm. someone took photos of all these you know famous guitarists like Slash, Alex Lifeson, BB King, all those folks, edited out the like used Photoshop to remove the guitar and replaced mm -hmm. it with gigantic slugs. So I they all look it. like they're holding giant slugs in place of guitars it's great. i get such a kick out of all of that like that side of music humor um like the shred videos they just like i love them and i haven't seen the um the michael jordan the last dance yet but i did see a wonderful video where michael jordan was like like in the back of his bus and he's like got headphones on he's like listen to a jam but someone um, spliced in uh, Vanessa Carlton's. I would like that. <laughs> and it's like that made, 
I think Adam Fink shared that on Twitter and like that just like made I was like yes that is what Michael Jordan is listening to it makes perfect sense I gotta find that video I I have finished the the last dance and I'm glad you mentioned it because I I shared this on on my Facebook yesterday along with like a photo of him I was just like I fin- after finishing the last dance, I have a newfound appreciation for Dennis Rodman. What an interesting dude! Absolutely, like, I, yeah. I oh feel my like god, the world wasn't ready for him, you know? That well, because Dennis Rodman's always someone I've been aware of. Because it's Dennis Rodman, it's hard to ignore him. He was such a rock star, you know, and yeah, absolutely. I just um, yeah, I just love his whole attitude the whole time. He's just like yeah, it was just like. I just went to Vegas because I was doing my thing, but then I came back and played basketball, and I'm great. He dated Madonna like that. Like, wow. Like, Carmen Um, Electra was his girlfriend for years as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I do, I have heard that um, Michael Jordan's mother is the true MVP of The Last Dance. Can you concur? Would you agree with that statement? I don't know. I uh, haven't seen it, so I don't know. But yeah, I, I uh, I'm curious about some more context in regards to that. It, just because, like, uh, when I say like Dennis Rodman being being the MVP, it's more like of the basketball players that they interviewed, he's the basketball player I like the most. Mm, no, no, no. Like Michael Jordan's mother. Oh yeah. Is, is is there some like wonderful footage of that in the? Uh, maybe I should just watch it before I ask questions about it. But. Yeah, have you watched the the series? I have yet? not watched. Oh, last okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, she like she's obviously like great. She just I don't know. She isn't in it a lot, so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, but it's it's quality, not quantity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it's good. Like I'd uh, highly recommend. Uh, I mean, I'm not even huge on basketball. Uh, I like I'm more of a hockey guy. But mm-hmm. I'm honestly so starved for any sort of sports content, and you know the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan. It's a pretty a, a friend of story, mine has just so. been like watching like old hockey, um, like Stanley Cup games, and like getting very intoxicated during them, and like trying to like like you know. They love the magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One thing you mentioned, and I did want to touch about touch on this. Uh, very happy to hear that you also enjoy shred shreds videos. I love those videos so much i'd say my favorite two are hall and oats doing man eater mm-hmm. and kings of leon doing sex on fire have you seen either of those ones i have not seen either of those no check them out the kings of leon one uh first time i saw it i was crying i was laughing so hard mm-hmm. see if i can share it with you uh, after the show <laughs> please do <laughs> Your new record's called Hustler, which I understand wasn't the original title. What's the story Ooh. behind the name? How do you know it wasn't the original title? Because I saw that you had said that the title was supposed to be Mood Rock at one point. Because I think you shared a video of the song Flowers, which mm-hmm. was on your Blue Light Sessions. And I think you uh, included the original album title there. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could say Mood Rock was like a working title. And there then. Um, I mean, I, I'm the type of person where I, I fill my schedule so full that sometimes I don't have the time and space to like really, uh, reflect on things the way that I should. And definitely in quarantine, I have been given that time and there's some themes in the album that, um, kind of became more apparent to me once and also like in the discovery of like i i mean i recorded the album myself and then was trying to shop it to all to record labels and like quote unquote shop it to labels like i don't even really know what that means but you just like send a bunch of emails and you hope that someone responds and no one responded when no one was really kind of biting and then i reached out again in early march and was kind of in talks with a few people and then like the world crashed down and just made the decision that like I made this I'm just gonna put it out I'm gonna put it out on my terms um the term hustler is actually like I haven't really like like talked about this too too much but like 
Um, it comes, like, it has a negative t connotation, I believe, and especially with, like, women, it has such a negative connotation. And it was something that when I first moved to Vancouver, it was something that, like, a male in the music industry, like, called me because I was, like, really keen on just, like, playing music and, like, talking to people about music and, like, figuring out Vancouver and just, like, being here and being present. Like, I was in my mid-20s and I was just, like, I just like really was so genuinely excited to be here and then to have someone be like, Oh, you're, you're just a hustler. And I remember like, I took it so to heart and it like literally changed how I chased my career. And now, I mean, like you were saying, like hindsight's 2020, it's like, actually, I feel like, um, it was like, I, it, it affected me in a negative way. And so like me calling the record hustler is me uh, trying to like reclaim that. So I've actually like, as I've been sending it out to uh, like singles out to um, journalists to kind of like see what people think, um, I've been calling it like hustler 2020. <laughs> so I love that we've talked about this hindsight 2020 thing, hustler 2020. Um, but yeah, it's, I just want to, make it more of it just makes more sense right now um i think it's a more interesting story too it's certainly an apt term for what you gotta do in the vancouver music scene i'd absolutely agree with um the the, the positive use of that term you have to hustle to get anywhere here mm -hmm. Vancouver is such like I love living here um but definitely being from the prairies where like it's okay to be loud and it's okay to fill your you know like it's just such a different way that people socialize um on the west coast and um uh, navigating that awkwardness I feel really um oh man what am I trying to say <laughs> Lost my train of thought a little bit, but um, sorry. What was the question? Oh, it's all good. I, I this was... is why I don't smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to. <laughs> Smoking weed before an interview? Who would do that as I take a sip of my beer during this interview? I know, right? Um, mm, beer. I was going to say, it's funny that you mention because I know you're from Winnipeg originally, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's funny you mentioned the 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 difference between you know growing up in the prairies and being a musician living in BC. We had a guest on the show actually last week. Um, it was Sean from the the Psychic Alliance and he's from Alberta uh, originally. And we talked a little bit about just the difference in attitude when it comes to live music and just music in general coming from Alberta or the prairies versus what it's like in the Vancouver music scene and kind of some of the attitudes, good and bad, about navigating everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I can't wait to listen back, and, like, I'm going to remember. I'm going to be like, that was the thing I was trying to say, but I can't remember right now. Oh, no. Oh, it's <laughs> it's all good. Um, no. I'll just ask some more questions about the record. Sure. Go right ahead. <laughs> You've released four singles to date to promote your latest LP. Uh, a big thing I noticed between these new songs and even your last EP, Dreamer, is the pronounced presence of synths and keyboards. What prompted you to take this direction with these new songs? Well, I think it comes down to the fact that I am first and foremost a keyboard player. Um, that's my first instrument and it's the one that I speak the most fluently, you could say. Um, and pairing that with um, my relationship with the person that has been playing keyboards in my band uh, for the last six years, Nathan Schubert. Um, he is a phenomenal, very accomplished composer and uh, synth keyboard piano player, um, musician. And so, I mean, you get two, you get two synth nerds in a room, 
<laughs> with a bunch of synths and that's kind of what's going to happen and like one of the producers so I had two producers on the record I had Louise Burns um she produced a few a song solo and then she also contributed on top of um some production work that um Raymond Richards had done so a lot of the sessions were started by Raymond Richards and he um he's a very accomplished pedal steel player but um he's also he's done some work like he's done some work with LCD sound system and like, there's kind of like this synth layering in, and then I really wanted to work with, um, Joshua Wells. So, um, he engineered a, a, a keyboard session with me. Um, and, uh, I basically just like explained sounds to Josh of what I wanted these synths to sound like. And then he would like conjure up a, a synth sound and then I would like go in and like play the part that I had kind of like in my head and yeah so I guess it just comes from the fact that there was like a lot of people that play keyboards that worked on the album um I would also say like um did I send you the link to the album I think I might have there's um there's it, a lot it of... didn't work actually I I oh, clicked shit. it and yeah the SoundCloud link just went nowhere did you unfortunately. try it from your phone or did you try it from your laptop I because... tried it from my laptop I find SoundCloud's not it doesn't to... work on your phone yeah, yeah. SoundCloud doesn't yeah. work on your phone unless you oh. download the app for it and my phone is already clogged with apps so I'm trying to figure out how like sometimes people can see things and sometimes they can't and I yeah I'm sorry about that but oh, it's um, all good I mean a lot of um. There's a lot of, um, like, fuzzy, not fuzzy, but, like, um, there's a lot of, like, grit in some of the guitar parts. Like, a lot of my mixing points with the guitars and what we're going with was this, like, I'm a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan, like, pre-2003. Um, <laughs> and the, the good pumpkins. <laughs> the good pumpkin. But, um, yeah, like, I love that. Uh, I just love the spread of the distortion and the colors and the distortion. And I've definitely like with this album have like really been exploring um, color, I would say. And maybe that's a bit of influence of working with Louise. Cause I know like she, she like can see color in music. And I think from like knowing that and like going into it, like there's a lot of very vibrant colors that I see in in what we've made which was where synths and you know distorted guitars come in so it's funny that you mention pumpkins in reference to that because i've always thought with their in my opinion their best record siamese dream which is one of my favorite records ever mm -hmm. it's a it sounds technicolor mm -hmm. which is so weird because it's it's just guitar but the way just how big it sounds and all the layers yeah. of effects and how the effects are different on each of the the, the songs you can almost color code mm -hmm. the album mm -hmm. yeah and i think that that soundscape really works well for um the dynamic and what i write within like because i think that there's this like it's so funny i actually had my natal charts read by an astrologer like for an hour and a half before this meeting and so um and it was the first time i'd ever done that and we like we talked about a lot of like the like i know i've always known that my moon like i'm a scorpio but my moon is in gemini and so like the classic gemini thing is that you're always um toying like you're like going back and forth between like the two sides of something with the twins and uh one thing that uh, I swear I don't smoke weed. I don't know why I'm like losing my train. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's why. That's why you're 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 losing it because if like you don't smoke weed that often, then I mean, maybe I, I that happens to, to me at least. But maybe I needed to 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 focus actually. But um, the the thing I think like the juxtaposition that works really well with what I am trying to create is that um, like there the these songs that I'm writing the initial idea. It's such like a gentle and um, like genuine thing, like the idea of like human connection and feeling to me. But then also the way I really want to present it is in this big way. Like I have, I, I naturally just have like a really big voice and I have like a rock voice. And so it's like, well, how do you, how do you, do both of that and um i think that's where but what we've been really 
exploring with this last record is like like I don't know like a quiet fury of you know frustration and and synthly goodness <laughs> one thing that I noticed with your most recent single the sound was just how it kind of explodes at the end Mm-hmm. And that's really important. That's that was a it was a thing that I really wanted it to happen. And like when we play that song live, I feel like often by the end of it, I'm so caught up emotionally in the feeling that is there, and um, that is portrayed by this like huge explosion of like I see I see like natural elements in the in the orchestration of the music like. I see like someone like throwing thunderbolts and I, you know, it's just like, that is what I get out of like the, the climax of that song. With this record and you mentioned, obviously you're working with Louise Burns, but you're also working with Raymond Richards. Again, you've worked with him before, most recently Mm -hmm. on the, the dreamer EP. Mm -hmm. What was it like reuniting with, Raymond on this release and was he able to provide some new insight on this fresh collection of songs? It was an interesting collaboration um, this time around because um, before when I worked with Raymond he was based in LA um, so that that brought me out of town that brought me into a city that I didn't live in so like you're in a space solely for one purpose as opposed to like when you're working on a record at home and there, you still have those like life distractions um, so that first thing I was in LA and also it was like, uh, Raymond, myself and a session drummer, um, who was a good friend of Raymond's and they worked together really well, but like, that's who provided them, I'd say like 90% of the music on that EP. Um, and then with this, uh, this project, um, because there's also so much time in between, like I had key players like people that I've been playing with in my band for a long time and we'd actually been playing a lot of these songs live for a bit and so with this one he was brought in like kind of like as that like like fifth or sixth person um on there like yeah it was just a different dynamic um it was, so it was really interesting it was cool because we just made a different record that's kind of what happened so uh was every from everyone from the Dreamers involved in the product the production of this record or the um, recording I'd, I'd, process? I'd say like the original cast of the Dreamers was all present. Um, I had uh, uh, Mike Brown was on guitar and Adam Fink on drums and Nathan Schubert on keys, and then there was some elements of some other some other. Um, so yeah, yeah, that original cast was there. And we also made the record like over a year long period. So there was like a a studio session in September and then we did some work in April and then we did some work in, so we did some in February and April and, you know, so it was like over time. Um, Yeah. Just kind of, it's like, it was something that we like worked. I'd say you picked away at for like, it wasn't like I'm going to take two weeks and work on this. Like it was like a little bit here and a little bit there and, kind of like the reality for an indie artist and what you're able to like when you can get time off work when you can like get four or five people together in the same room to like give that their focus too so that's definitely something that i noticed hustler will be your first proper release since the dreamer ep back in 2014 and your first full-length album since focus poll back in 2008 Mm-hmm. Has it been beneficial for you to have these gaps between releases or has it largely just been out of necessity and availability? I mean, it's been out of necessity for sure. It's uh, been out of like financial necessity. It's been out of the fact that like, I'm, I'm still like, I'm managing myself. I'm booking myself. I'm putting together the band. I'm paying my rent myself, <laughs> like all that sort of stuff. Right. And so like Vancouver's an expensive city and it just, it just takes I don't know. It just took me some time. I mean, the whole point of this, like that's the song that I released yesterday, the sound. Um, it's all about the fact that like it, sometimes it takes a long time. And uh, I mean, I wish I could solely dedicate all of my time to music, but like, 
honestly, it takes a lot of time posting on all the social media, like, and getting all your tags right and making sure, like, like you, I spent four hours yesterday, like, posting on Twitter, posting on Instagram, like, it's just, it's time consuming. Um, and when you're, there's other things that have to happen. Um, I have a prairie work ethic and I don't like handouts and it's, I don't know, just, it'd be nice to have a little bit more help, but it's, how, how do you ask for help? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how other people find managers. <laughs> I would love to find one. <laughs> I think that's what, it was funny. We had, I think, tourist company on a little, a few weeks ago. I think that episode came out about two weeks ago or something like that. Of course, I'm dating this podcast as I record it by citing So hard these. to tell time. Yeah. What What is time in quarantine? Yeah. It's Friday today. <laughs> um, Friday. Lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm running <laughs> off on you. <laughs> it's Friday. With that, with Tourist Company, they, you know, they have a management team. They're signed, and I had had a conversation with someone else where we were like, "Oh, you know, what's the point of being signed to a, a label nowadays?" But what I think the benefits of being signed are for an artist nowadays. And at the very least, having management is just having other people dedicated to handling Help. all the yeah exactly you know all like, the all the administrative bullshit as I call you it. miss you miss things when like when I mean you miss things like you actually like you don't you don't get a chance to do everything and you like overlook things not I I feel like I'm still not articulating this properly but like it's yeah you just can't do everything. Is there's just the internet is a hungry beast and it's hard to to do all the things that it needs to be happy. <laughs> it gorges on content and you yeah. it has but it has to be the right content or it will just spit it back out at you. Yeah, and when you're independent, like you have a lot of like you do rely a lot on your community and like when I say like I don't have help, like I have a lot like you know, like my like my bandmates have been so helpful and like so supportive and they're like they like I ask them for advice a lot, and um, they. Oh man, I'm. <laughs> what is wrong with me today? <laughs> this Don't is worry. what happens when like you spend eight weeks locked inside, and you're like, I can't put together a sentence anymore. <laughs> okay, I I just say that to to my roommate sometimes, like. I'm going crazy. He's like, yeah, I can tell. Yeah. I mean, we're all going a little crazy right now. Um, but yeah, you just can't do it all on your own. So I do appreciate the the people in my life that are helping me with it. And, uh, oh yeah, I know what I was going to say. Like with the whole, like when you miss things, like you, like I have friends that have like contributed artwork because they love me for things and like and then you like forget to tag them in a post and you're like i'm really sorry but like my app was messing up at that time and then like this like someone was calling me and i was like late for a zoom call and just just it's just it's hard to do everything let's not complain anymore though let's talk about funner things <laughs> you had mentioned pumpkins as a source of inspiration for this record specifically what were some other acts or records that you were listening to that kind of helped shape your vision for this LP? Um, there were some things that like, I've oh, that new ways blood album is so good. And there were some specific synth sounds that I really wanted to capture that that album was in the realm of, um specifically just with the way that some things resonated um it's uh that was really cool um what else uh i mean when you when you're like creating a song in the studio like you kind of you're caught up in the moment of inspiration with the people in the room and the ideas in which you're like as you're hearing it come together um and like I pulled from like Pale Saints um, and I pulled from Sharon Van Etten and I pulled from Bruce Springsteen and 
yeah, there's just like things you kind of like, you're like, oh, this is like reminding me of this. Like, this is like a cool thing to explore, you know, like, you don't, maybe other people like go in with like a far more concise uh, idea. But like, I find like, as I hear things coming together, like I get, and maybe it's like the DJ in me that like is really like, oh, I can hear like this song would come on next. And like, I can kind of hear that idea of it all kind of playing off of each other. That makes sense. I just like gauging what people are listening to at the time that they're creating a record. Not that mm-hmm. you ever want to do something that's any sort of carbon copy or repeat of what someone else is doing, but mm-hmm. I, I often like asking that question. Was there a song that was particularly challenging to complete on this record? did produce a song myself which I don't know if I would say it was particularly challenging but it was like definitely the first time I'd ever done that um for myself I like I was the one making all of the decisions and I was really happy with how it turned out ish you know I mean an artist is never fully happy or else you would stop creating but um yeah that was like a new thing for me um I'd say just like seeing the whole project to completion was probably the most challenging thing um there were uh yeah it just it was time to make a new record and I had all these new songs I had all these songs that we've been playing for a while but then also like I haven't always had the best recording experiences and I feel like I bring a lot of that past PTSD into the studio with me and then I'm like really sensitive and like I don't know if necessarily like I'm the greatest energy to have in the studio <laughs> so then you just wish you just hope that you've like surrounded yourself with the right people which I mean I'm it's I love listening back and like hearing you hear things as the person that made something or you hear things that like no one else is going to hear you know and you like that that journey that listening journey can change for you as well I don't know if I'm ever really happy with anything I make <laughs> I often wonder if it's ever possible for an artist to be totally satisfied with their work. Mm, but at some point, like things need to be done, right? And that's why it's called a record. It's a it's a it's a record of time, record in time, you know. And uh, yeah, um, it's I've been really finding too that like my relationship with the music, like once you put something out and it like once you actually like something is released and it's like publicly streaming on Spotify or you can buy it on your band camp. Like it just takes on, it's like its own thing, you know, like you can't have control over it anymore. And um, it's been really great. Just like putting it out. In a way that reminds me of something I read in Jeff Tweedy's book, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. He said that, (laughs) with his songwriting process, he writes a song, he's super involved in it, and especially if it's about a personal experience, but as soon as it's completed and he's recorded it and released it, he described that he has this psychological thing where it's it's gone, it's no longer his. So mm-hmm. like none of the none of the baggage or attachment is there. It's kind of severed in a in a dramatic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely relate with that for sure. Jeff Jeff Tweedy's cool. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Mm-hmm. It was a that was a show that was supposed to come up f- like literally a week after quarantine started. Was mm. was Wilco at the Orpheum? I didn't have tickets. Ah, I've seen. Thanks. I've actually seen Wilco at the Orpheum. Oh, Jenny nice. Lewis was opening. It was a great show. It was a really cool show. Yeah, I I definitely want to see Wilco at some point. It'll be at some point. In the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Along with the four singles you've released, you've also released a music video for the song Talking Out Loud. What else do you have in the works leading up to the release of the new LP? Um, so, I mean, this wasn't super planned, but I think we might put out another single before the LP comes out, just because, I mean, it's, there are no shows to play, you know, and it's just, it's something to do. I also have, um, I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of video content that I, um, like, I actually have a video for 
uh, two tracks that have been, one of them has been released. Like I have a video for War in This World and I have a video for a song called Barely Alive that um, both have been already filmed and they were filmed last fall and they were in the process of getting cut. And so now it's like, okay, well, I have these things and we have this time. And um, so that's what's being worked on right now. Um, I'm going to possibly be filming another video from it for the sound um, at the end of this month, kind of dependent um, on how, what we can accomplish. It's uh, we took like the original concept and have uh, digitalized it. <laughs> I won't want to elaborate more than that because I, but I'm, I'm like super stoked on how it's kind of come together. And I feel like it's going to be so, uh, such a, such a um, good um, pairing for the song and for what we're all experiencing right now. Um, it's been so, I mean, like the biggest challenge, I guess, with this record, as, as you were asking before, um, I think it's just like figuring out like how to put music out right now and how to connect with people in this way where like, it's so new and no one knows what's going on. So. Yeah. The core element that's obviously missing is the, at the very least an album release show mm -hmm. and at, at mo and you know, obviously touring being the even bigger thing mm -hmm. yeah like uh the, we had some festivals booked in the states in april and may and like so that's why talking out loud kind of like came out when it did because like that was before we knew that those shows were going to be canceled um and then it's just kind of been figuring out like all right well how do you how do you how do you gently engage with people still and um i don't know i mean like maybe people will listen and people are around like there's there's still the need I, I everyone was trying to navigate like what do you do it's like is it is it wrong like is it does it is it rude to put out new music right now but it's like people need things and like yeah you do gravitate towards like the things that you love but it's really good to have like some new stimulation or like just like a reason to be like to be like oh like this track like, i don't know it's just good it's just good to stay active. <laughs> I, I enjoy. I enjoy having a project to work on right now, which is very really great. I kind of feel if the if the if the well goes dry, that's when people start to really go go nuts. So if the, mm -hmm. at the very least, if musicians can keep putting out stuff, and honestly, musicians are in a better position to keep putting out stuff than say production companies for film and TV. Mm -hmm. That that'll help people. I think. Yeah, like a friend of mine's a screenwriter and like right before this happened, she had just gotten her first manager and they were figuring out like what those new pitches were going to be and like who she was going to go out and like have meetings with and then all this happened and now she's like just like it's a different game and she's in development and it's like well what's going to be moving forward and I think like a lot of uh period pieces and a lot of like things so it's like no one was really wants to like see I don't know. I'm not someone that like wants to put like contingent on or like a uh, pandemic on or like be like be like reminded right away when you're still nope. living through it. Like we don't know what the most interesting stories are that are going to come out of this time, right? And so um, to have ways, yeah, I think like like think like you're going to see like a lot more things develop, like Mad Men. Like once you can actually film around people again, but. I don't know. I'm looking forward my my exciting Friday night tonight. I know this is um, going to be um, streaming at a later date, but my exciting Friday night tonight is the fact that like there's a new RuPaul's Drag Race, and I'm pretty sure that it's like it's the one that like they're all like um, it's it's a it's going to be a virtual show. <laughs> Everything else was pre-filmed, and then they get to this point where like now it's like down to the three contestants, and it's going to be I think it's like the reunion show before they announce the winner on the next show which will be virtual lip syncs um but uh yeah so i don't know if we're all, we're all if rupaul can figure it out we we got this rupaul can figure most things out i feel yeah. rupaul deserves a, a noble peace prize and i will keep saying that until they get a noble peace prize <laughs> ask this all the time of my of my guests because it's just Paying it forward, spreading the good vibes. What local bands or artists would you recommend we bring on the show for a future episode? Uh, a new episode of Quarantine Edition, well, at least in this format, going forward. I would say uh, Devours, um, Leathers. Um, what else we got? 
Blue Jay. Justice is amazing. Johnny Payne. Do you know Johnny Payne? I know you've done something with him, but I'm not too familiar with his music. He's a wonderful character. I feel like you would love him. Um, he, yeah. Uh, who else we got? Babe Corner's awesome. I mean, there's like so many great, great artists in Vancouver. Um, we are really lucky with the quality of music that's being made here. It's like, it is world-class, absolutely. And it's been really cool to see um, to see KEXP really um, like perk up to what's going on in Vancouver. I think that's like a real great collaboration that's happening between the two cities. I feel that might be, a, obviously once things are more back to normal and people can tour and visas and borders and all that crap are sorted again, I think that might be a really helpful stepping stone for a lot of Vancouver artists because I'm obviously preaching to the choir here when it comes to just the wealth of talent that we have in this city, but mm -hmm. it's that, you know, kind of getting over the, the, the geography issue that we have a little bit on the on the West coast as opposed to the East coast where like, yeah, you know, you can hit up six different major American cities in less than three hours time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll see where things go with that. And yeah. And, and Jody, Ed, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your, your day to, to, to speak with us about this. I'm looking forward to hearing the new record when it comes out. I'm really liking the, the the new singles and the the direction you're taking with the with these Thank new songs you. um how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything you're up to i'd say i'm like i'm the most active on instagram it's uh i'm a very visual person and so it's the thing that i actually like i enjoy i enjoy using um i like twitter for jokes um <laughs> so i'm on there as well uh so yeah duh, through twitter or through so my twitter is uh jody g that's me and my Instagram is summerwitch. And uh, we're launching a new website soon, which will be jodyglam.com. Going back to the jodyglam.com. Uh, but uh, yeah, reach out. Um, I'm around. Uh, I have this wonderful thing going on on my Instagram uh, highlights that if you um, have a, a pet, if you have a cat or a dog and you're posting videos of your cat or dog listening to songs. If it happens to be my song and you happen to tag me in it, then I will post it to my highlights. <laughs> Just a silly thing. Uh, but yeah, those are the best ways to reach out. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks again, Jody. As I said, looking forward to hearing the new record, and I definitely want to see you and the Dreamers again when we're allowed to see live shows again. Thanks so much, James. It's been really nice to chat with you. Talk to you soon, Jody. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Pacific Sound Radio is produced by Mark Lingelbach. You can check us out on Facebook at Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter at Pacific S Radio, YouTube at Pacific Sound Media. Our website is www.pacificsoundradio.com. And you can also listen to us wherever you stream your podcasts. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com. 